Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. I want you to turn to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, chapter 3. For a few weeks, I've been feeling like I need to preach on what I've entitled the tithe blessings. The tithe blessings. Some of you desperately need to hear this. Malachi chapter 3, I want to read verse 8, begin at verse 8 and read through verse 12. The prophet Malachi writes, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, well, in what way have we robbed you? God responds and says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. That's not something you want to hear God say to you. Y'all hearing me? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house, resource in my house, and try me now in this. You know this is one of the few times in the Bible where God actually dares you, challenges you, to try him on something. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. That means the Lord of the armies of heaven. He says that repeatedly. If, if, see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Anybody want such blessing? That there will be, not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land that means your neighbor is going to look at you and say how come you got so much and how much how come so many good things are happening in your life they're going to call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts and you know what the Lord of hosts means it means the Lord of all the angelic armies of heaven which means he's got what it takes to back up what he's saying He can make it happen. Do you believe that? Amen. Be seated and let me preach to you for a little while. I am going to disciple you today with preaching, teaching. God has created for each and every one of us the perfect financial plan. I believe in financial plans, financial planners. I have a financial broker that's helped me prepare for retirement. I have investments. It's good to have a financial plan. In your daily living, it's good to have a financial plan. God has a plan for us, and it's called tithing. In the Bible, the word tithe means literally one-tenth or 10%. Here is God's plan. For every $10 that you earn, that you earn, whether that's through your paycheck, whether that's through an investment, selling a piece of property and making a profit on it, for every $10 that you make or earn, God gets $1. For every $100 that you earn, God gets $10. For every $1,000 that you earn, God gets $100, and so on and so forth. Now, somebody right now may be saying, great, he's preaching on giving money. What kind of plan is that, Pastor? I'm losing money. Wrong. You're not losing money because you cannot lose what did not belong to you in the first place. God has made claim on that 10%. You say, but it's mine. It's in my bank account. My name's on it. 
that property, that deed was in, had my name on it. It doesn't have God's name on it. Die, and let's see what happens to your bank account. Kill over, and let's see what happens with your property. You don't take it with you. We live under this misunderstanding that all that we have is ours, and it belongs to us, and we can do with it as we will. Let me teach you today. You are a steward of what you have. God owns it. Oh, if you don't believe me, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. The book of Ecclesiastes says, you work your whole life and die and somebody else gets it and you don't know what they're going to do with it. You may have saved and built it all up and your kids will come along and spend every dime of it and waste it. So it's not yours. And the tithe particularly is not yours. It belongs to God. So you're giving to God what rightfully belongs to Him because He has laid claim to a tenth of what you earn. So one-tenth of what you earn is God's property. By the way, you're God's property. You have been bought with a price. You are not your own. I'm quoting scripture. Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. Teaching you today. So when you tithe, you don't lose money. When you tithe, you obey God. And when you obey God and tithe, you will be blessed. I'm saying it, absolutely, because that's what the Bible says. So just for a few minutes, just for a few minutes, let's examine the tithe blessing. Malachi 3, 8 through 12 is God's clearest and strongest message to us about tithing and the consequent blessing. Let me pause here with a caveat for anybody who's listening saying, well, that's Old Testament. I'm tuning you out. I'm turning you off. That's not for us. You're trying to take an Old Testament verse and bring it into the New Testament. Well, we do that all the time. It's called the Ten Commandments. Okay. Jesus was having a conversation with the Pharisees, and he said, you tithe on the smallest little things, but he said, you don't do the big stuff, the right stuff. He said, you should do the big stuff and the right stuff. Listen, go read it. It's in the Gospels. And not neglect the other as well. And he was talking about tithing. So got gotcha. you. I think tithing, I could take a whole minute. I may preach this next week. I don't know what I'm going to preach next week. But, but tithing, I think, has been established from the very beginning of time. How come every ancient civilization, every ancient civilization had a false religious system? The Babylonians, the, the Chaldeans, the Assyrians, the Egyptians had a false religious system. They had priests, they had sacrifices, and they also had a tithing system. That predated Moses in the, in the Old Testament. Where'd that come from? Somebody got an idea? I can tell you where. It started all the way back to Adam and Eve. I think Abel took the first fruits of his flock and brought it to the Lord and offered it as a sacrifice. That's a whole, maybe I'll preach that next time. So here's three things I want to just preach very simply to you and try to help you. First of all, when you tithe, God is blessed. The word blessed can mean, oh, how happy. Y'all you know, you know the Beatitudes? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Some translations properly translate that, interpret that as to say, oh, how happy 
are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Oh, how happy are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. There is a happiness from the blessedness that comes from God. So when you tithe, God is pleased. God is made happy by your obedience. Do we understand? Do we understand high praises that obedience matters a lot to God? So the short story is in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the first king of Israel, Saul, was told by Samuel the prophet, directed by God, go kill the arch enemy of Israel, the Amalekites, and destroy them completely. Kill the the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the donkeys, wipe them out. They are never going to repent. They're going to just perpetuate every generation of incredibly, unbelievably, over-the-top wicked people who do the most filthy, unbelievable, perverted, vile things, and all they're going to do is keep doing it for all the ages. How many know God knows everything? God knows the end from the beginning. So he said, I'm going to use Israel as a tool of judgment on them. I could just wipe them all out like I did to Sodom and Gomorrah, but he said, I'm going to use you. Go beat them. So Saul musters the army, and they get in the battle, and they defeat the Amalekites. But instead of killing and destroying everything utterly, he kept the king alive. That was pride. Strutting his stuff. It's kind of like when a football player and one team knocks another one down and he stands over him and gloats. You get a penalty for that. Well, Saul got a penalty because he kept the king alive so he could gloat over him. And then he kept the best of the sheep and the cattle. That's greed. The two things that will keep you from tithing and the two things that will keep you from being obedient to God is your pride and greed. That's good preaching, Pastor. Woo! So Saul comes back feeling like he's done what he's supposed to do, but he's compromised a little bit. Samuel shows up, and he starts bragging to the preacher. Hey, did what the Lord wanted me to do. I've been obedient. Samuel looks him deadpan and says, and what's this bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the cattle that I hear? And this is what Samuel said to him. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So I put this in red print, in my, in my, so it's going to be a little strong, okay? But you should be used to be mine now. Okay? Saul was willfully disobedient. Listen to me. Saul was willfully disobedient by being partially obedient. Well, I throw some money in the plate since we're talking about tithing, but that's not what God said to do. You're not going to amen me. Don't. I, that's fine. But I'm just telling you. Well, I, I, you know, every once in a while I throw something. That's not what he said to do. I give 5%, but that's not a tithe. I'm not being mean. I'm just saying if we're all not careful in every area of life, not just finances and tithing, but in everything, if we're not careful, we'll partially obey and then convince ourselves that we're okay. When we're willfully disobeying some things because we want to. Will somebody on the internet amen me? Yes, I hear you through the, thank you. God bless you. No, you don't have to amen me. I don't have to have amens. I'm just kidding you. I'm preaching to you today. You're listening, aren't you? So here's the truth that I get from what Samuel said. Being obedient trumps coming to church. Being obedient trumps praising and worshiping God. 
being obedient trumps giving a few dollars to a missionary or the youth program or even throwing a few dollars in the plate in the sanctuary or doing it online. You know what I'm saying. That's representative. God wants us to be obedient. So let me say this to you today, and I'm, gonna, I'm moving fast. God doesn't need your tithe. Do you think like God's running low on money? He can just do like the government and print more. Thus inflation. That's a little political, and I never preach politics, ever. I don't know why that just came in there. I guess because it made my point for God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. But he also owns the hills that the cows are grazing on. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, which means everything in it. So it's not like God needs your tithe. What does God want? He wants your obedience. Will you trust me, God says. Can I, can I trust you that I tell you to do something and you do it? And you do it with faith knowing that I'm going to take care of you, even though this month it's a little slimmer than normal. By the way, Pastor Terrence told me one time, and I told him I wasn't going to give him credit, but I'm going to give him credit. He told me, we were talking about tithing one time. He said, you can't tithe your way out of your bad decisions. I write down his one-liners, and I tell him, I'm not going to give you credit. I'm just going to say it, and they're going to think I said it. You keep getting in debt. I'll leave that alone. I'll preach that another time. I want this to get in your head and heart, so everybody repeat after me. Would you do this? Would you do? To obey is better. Do you believe that? Say it again. To obey is better. Let's go. We're ready to go. To obey. Is it? It's better. Okay. Making the right choice. Taking the right course of action are how you truly show your love for Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So if you love Jesus, you will tithe. But when you tithe, you put God first. You're actually be worshiping Jesus. By the way, there's a, there's a passage in the book of Hebrews that says to me, you bring the tithe, you bring the tithe to church, but you give the tithe to Jesus. Because God said, bring to me the tithe into, into the storehouse. So God is blessed. Second, the church is blessed. When you tithe, this church is blessed. God's command to Israel is to bring all the tithe, not some, into the storehouse so there would be food in his house. So God calls his house a storehouse, listen to me, a depository. So if you have your money in a bank, that is a depository. And so as you deposit your paycheck into your bank, in the same way you deposit the tithe into God's house. And I don't know if you knew this. Of course, in the Old Testament, you know this probably, that for, you know, for Israel, the, the, the house of God was the temple. This you may not know because we, we, we know about the, the, the holy place and the most holy place where the Ark of the King. We talk a lot about it. What you don't know and may not know is that if you look at a diagram of the temple, all along the sides, kind of like this church is designed, where if you go down the sides of our church, uh, maybe the church has been kind of built like the temple. That's pretty cool. Is there are rooms. And there were rooms in the temple, and those were storerooms where they would put the tithe brought by the people. And what was the point? It provided support for the priest because the priests didn't work secular jobs. They relied on the people. 
And so the tithe provided support for them to minister to the people and oversee their spiritual development. And today, when you give your tithe, whether you do it through the app, whether you do it online, whether you do it writing a check or cash, whether you do it like I do through your local bank, same way I pay my bills, however you do it, the tithe comes in and is placed and deposited not in one of our side rooms, but in the church's bank account. What does it do? It provides the financial support for your pastors and ministers to give full-time attention to our church, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, which is the Great Commission, mission of the church, and to equip and edify you, the saints. I mean, you ever stop to think about what's involved in operating HPC? Let me help you with it. There are the salaries of your pastors. There, there are the salaries of the office staff. We have a mortgage. We have utilities. There are grounds and buildings upkeep. We have 28 acres here. Uh, there are improvements that need to be made. We have to purchase supplies for all the departments, for the ministries. Then there's benevolence where we help people that are in need, and we're doing that constantly. Okay? So there, there is a lot going on here in ministry. And God said, I want that to go on, and I don't want it to run out. And that happens by the people bringing the tithe. Take your home. You have a mortgage, probably. You have utilities, upkeep, improvements, repairs. You have to furnish it. Whose responsibility is that? It's yours, right? Okay, we have a church here. We have mortgage and utilities. I already said those things. Whose responsibility is that? It ain't mine. I don't make that much money. Somebody said it. It's our. Everybody say it. It's, it's ours. That's right. This is, it's God's church, but it's our stewardship. I have told people in the departments, you need to tithe. If you're going to volunteer in a department where, where we, the deacons budget you money to supply you resources, et cetera, et cetera, Training for you to be able to operate, whether it's this stage and the praise, everybody on this platform ought to tithe. They're getting the best of this equipment and all that we do. I said, you need to tithe and support what we do here. If you're, if you're blessed by the children's department, you need to tithe. If your kids are in there and you're saying, man, my kids are coming home, this place is making, if this church is making a difference in your life, in your marriage, in your spiritual life, you need to tithe. You don't need to tithe because of that. You need to tithe because Jesus says to. But that also ought to motivate you to say, I don't have a problem with tithing because this is where God is blessing me, my family, my, my spouse. This is where we belong. This is where I get to do ministry. I want to take care. It's my responsibility. A- Amen, Pastor. That's a good preacher. And listen, when the church is blessed, guess what? You're blessed. Y'all ever been part of a church? I probably shouldn't go here. Anybody ever been? Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been part of a church that just was in a mess and it was falling apart and the leadership was bad and everything was bad and you didn't even want to go to church? I know a lot of you probably have some of those stories. It's, it's you leave church and you're not blessed. I mean, that's a bit somebody said, yep. <laughs> Told you not to say anything. It's bad when you leave church and you're not even blessed. You don't even want to get up and go to church. That's bad, isn't it? It's sad. That's a sad state. We don't like it when churches are like that. But when you can go to church and then leave and say, you know, I left, I came and I left blessed. 
That's what happens. And, and, and when, when the church is blessed, you're, you're blessed. Your children are blessed. So let me say, I'm going to say, God doesn't need your tithe. He doesn't need it. But he wants your obedience. Let me say this. The church needs your tithe. So it can be obedient. Because God's called the church to do a lot of things. And if we're going to do it, it's not like the church is some inanimate object, y'all. You are the church. We are the church. Okay? Church is not the building. Look at somebody and say, you are the church. Yeah, you are the church. And so if we're going to be and do what God's called us to be and to do, then we've got to have the resources. And then we can be obedient to God. Here's the last one. So, so God is blessed when you tithe. Okay? The church is blessed when you tithe. And the third one is you are blessed. God promises to open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish in like two minutes. I'm going to try to finish two minutes. It'll probably take five. But the, he said, I'll pour. I think we have a picture of this, right? Do we have a picture of Hartwell Dam? Do we have the picture of the sluice gate? Look right here. Now, that's not Hartwell Dam, but that's, that's but if you go how many of you ever gone up on Hartwell Dam and walked on the, on, the, on the dam? You know what I'm talking about. You look over, you can look over both sides. Okay, you have, you have the beautiful Lake Hartwell on this side, but when you go on the other side, you can look straight down and it goes down into a ravine and then there's a, a, the river that runs. Okay, there's big gates. And for those of us who are boaters, we know there's this big yellow barrier and there are these big red lights that shine. And when they open the sluice gates, alarms go off, and your, your job is to stay back. And if you're on the backside, sometimes people go on the backside and actually fish down in there. When those alarms go off, you have so much time, you need to get out of there. Why? Because those big doors right there are called sluice gates, S-L-U-I-C-E. That's, what, that's what's in the backside. And when I looked up in the Hebrew, because it says, God said, I will open up the windows of heaven, and I just thought God had this big window. Say, you know, angel, hand me a bucket full of blessing. Here it comes. <laughs> Makes me think of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer took the big rubber ball full of oil and threw it out the window and hit that poor woman in the head. You know, it's just, we're going to pour out the blessings on them. Y'all just file up. Everybody just get in the file as you walk by. We'll just pour. Is that how it works? It's not a window. I, I, I read this. I'm like, this is great because we live in Anderson. We've got, a, we've got a dam. This is cool. It's the sluice gates of a dam. There are millions of gallons of water in Lake Hartwell. And when they open those sluice gates just that much, millions of gallons of water come flowing out from that lake. And here's the image that you've got to get in your head because this is what God's trying to get you to see if you will just trust him and take 10% of what you earn and give it to him, tithe. He said, I have a reservoir that flows not out of some lake somewhere of blessings. It flows out of me because I am infinite and unending. I am God. And there are no parameters to me. I feel all in all. And God said, if you will trust me and tithe out of me, I will pour out blessings. I will open up windows, sluice gates, and out of me, I will pour into your life spiritual blessings, financial blessings, marital blessings, relational blessings, family blessings, blessings on your business. Your health. There's, you mean all 
I got to do is just take 10% and give, yes. And then God opens up and you see all that water rushing up. That's the blood. So much that you don't know what to do. And you know the reality is you women have more shoes in your closet and you know what to do with. No, men, stop. Because you got more fishing poles than you know what to do with. And all the ladies said. Amen. The elders helping me preach. And he said, I'll rebuke the devourer. The culture of, of that time was agrarian. The financial finances, the, the economic structure was agrarian. So they depended on the crops. And the two things that would kill crops would be locust and blight, which is disease. And Jesus said, when those two things come, which would wipe out your crop, he said, I will rebuke the devourer. And I'll tell the locust, you can't touch this. And everybody who's been through growth track knows that if God determines that something's not going to touch your property, 20, 21 years ago, when we were building this place, you've all heard me tell the story. It rained all week in Anderson County, but we were trying to get the grading and the paving done to get our CO. And we had tell, told District 5 we weren't coming back. And all week, not one drop of rain fell on this property and it tried a couple nights and God put his hands up and said you cannot come on this property and all the other properties were wet and then when you crossed the road and came out of this property it was bone dry don't tell me God cannot rebuke the devourer it's part of our heritage and high praises it's part of our DNA it's part of our history if God tells it you can't touch this you can't touch this there are no guarantees that you're going to have your job tomorrow. There's no guarantees that the economy is not going to get terrible and even get worse than what it is now. There are no guarantees that something tragic is not going to happen and wipe out your bank account, your savings account. There is no guarantees that the competition is going to get an edge and knock you out of your business. There are no guarantees. But there is one guarantee that if you tithe, and you trust God that God will rebuke the devourer and he'll bring you through. Well, Pastor, I know people that lost their, I lost their businesses in COVID. I know people that lost their businesses when the housing bubble burst. I don't, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to try to defend God. What I can tell you about those people is sometimes God lets things happen because there are other reasons involved. You don't always know all the stories. I've also learned that sometimes God will let things like that happen to try us and see if we'll test him. He hasn't promised us a rose garden. But what I have seen is those people who keep on trusting him, God turns around like Job and blesses them abundantly. And they'll say, yeah, you know, I'm sort of kind of glad that happened because now what I got now is way better than what I had then. I can tell you the stories. I don't have to defend God, but I'm just telling you, I know the stories. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. So you need to tithe, and you should want to tithe so you can bless God and the church, and you can be blessed. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray over you and pray with you, and I want to ask you to pray. If you are a faithful tither that I'm preaching to the choir, as the old saying goes, I want to compliment you. I want to tell you how proud I am of you and thankful and grateful for your faithfulness. 
If you once tithed and you quit tithing, I want to challenge you to do your first works over and go back and have faith in God. You know, it's sad if you're making your monthly payments on everything else, but you're neglecting God's tithe. I'm saying things that sound provocative, but I'm not. I just need you to think. That's my job. Sometimes you're not going to like it, but, when, but then when you go cool off, you'll say, Dad Gummit, he's right. Because I've had that happen to me. You won't dare let your utility bill go. You won't dare let your car payment go. You're sure not going to let that boat get taken, so you'll make that boat payment. We'll scrape up that money somehow. Maybe the reason you're scraping up money is because you're not giving God the tithe and the gates are closed. I'm just telling you, I see I saw people during the recession in 2008 that increased their tithe and they told me I made more money. I had I got promotions, I got pay raises and made more money in my business during the recession, pastor, than before. I can't understand. They can't give me a why. I said, "I know why." Cuz you tithed just understand, God keeps his word. If you've never tithed before, I'm challenging you. It's, it's the middle of September, okay? I'm challenging you that from now to the end of the year, I'm challenging you. Take the Pepsi challenge. Y'all remember the Pepsi challenge? Okay, so take the challenge and sit down with your wife, your husband, if it's just you, sit down with you me, myself, and I have a conversation and say, okay, we're going to we're going to give God what's His for the rest of September, October, November, December, and we're going to try God in this. And let's have faith and learn something new in this walk with God that we haven't ever done before, and let's see what happens. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I just read it to you. God will rebuke the devourer. God will bless you telling you and you will come back to me I've had it happen I've had it happen over and over again you will come back to me and say pastor thank you for preaching that message because we did what you said and it's been crazy how God has blessed us I I don't know how you're just going to have to trust me don't trust me trust God trust God's word take the challenge and then God will be blessed this church will be blessed and you'll be blessed You'll be blessed. So, Heavenly Father, thank you today for the Word of God. Thank you for your financial plan. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're the great CPA. God, you're the great accountant. You keep up with everything. And, Father, I pray you'll give people faith, confidence in you, that you'll take care of them. We sing what a beautiful, powerful name it is. If we're going to sing about the power of your name, then we need to trust you. If we sing you're a good, good father, then we need to trust that you're a good, good father. And so, God, help us today to walk in faith and confidence and trust. Bless every tither. Bless those, God, who are going to start back tithing this month. Bless those, God, who are going to start tithing for the first time. They're going to begin tithing. Bless them, God. Let them see your hand in their finance. They're seeing your hand move in so many different areas of their life. God, let them see your hand move. And then, God, in our blessing, 
cause us to be a blessing. In, in, in our blessing, in, in, our, in, in our receiving and, and having more, Lord, help us to have the giving heart of God to turn around when the opportunity comes and to give the offerings and to, to help others and bless others, to be a conduit through which you can flow. So I thank you today for your faithfulness and your promise. I love you, Jesus, so much. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I want you to sit down. And here's what I want to do. Um, engineer person, if you hear me, put up the giving slide for me, the giving thing. Okay? So you say, how can I give? You can go to www.highpraises.org. See, now this is the application of my preaching. You can go to www.highpraises.org. You'll find a button you can hit that says give. You can set it up and you can give. On the church app, if you are new and you don't have our church app, you need to download the church app. Go to go to your, if it's Apple, you know, the app store, just whatever. If it's Android, go to the app store, download High Praises, the app. When you download it, you can set up or you can give. I've given through the app before. It's cool, Okay. So there are ways that you can give. Do we, this is where I don't know, and probably I need Gabe in here. Do we do still by text? Do we still do the 779-77-555-1212-BR549? I may have to come back, and it used to be on the screen, and now they've thrown me, okay? But we actually have where you can, you can give by text, okay? I'll check on that. We'll let you know. I bank with what used to be BB&T, it's now Truist. And I, and I pay my bills online, okay? And I have under Duke Energy and my mortgage company and Fort Hill Natural Gas and whatever the other, I have down at the bottom, High Praises Church. And as I'm paying my bills, then I put in my, I type in my amount on my tithe, Lee and I, and I click a button and what they do is they cut checks and they send them to all those places. And in seven days, Truist will send a check and it comes to high praises with my tithe. Now, I could do it electronically, but it costs the church like 2 3% when we do it electronically. So I'm trying to save the church money, so I just do it through my bank. But we don't mind that 2% because if that makes it easier for you, then we want you to take advantage of it. Some folks are still old school. How many like cash? I like cash. Okay. Everybody 30 and under says, what's that? It's this green stuff with numbers on it. You can spend it. Feels good to hold it in your hand. Okay. That's why we have ushers at the door every Sunday because some people, some people still write checks. Do you know that there are millennials? Don't laugh. They, do, they will tell me. They tell me I don't know how to write a check because they don't write checks anymore. They, they use debit cards. They do everything online. That's, hey, that's fine. They're way ahead of us, okay? But if you are in that camp that you still write checks, okay, just make it out to high praises, ushers are at the door. My, my point is, I'm not up here soliciting for money. What I'm doing is informing this church. There are lots of ways that you can give. You just pick the one that works for you, okay? Pick the one that works for you. So that, so that on our end, we've done everything we can to facilitate you. Now, our facilitation 
is just looking for your faith. And you trust God. So I'm going to give you a minute right now that if you say, well, Pastor, I'm going to give to that. Then get your app out. I want you to get your app. I've never given for it. Get, get your app out. I want you to do it right now. I'm just going to take a few minutes. Just a few seconds. Just get your app out and do it right now. If you say, okay, I'm going to do it right now. Get, I'm going to start this tithing thing. Right now is a good time to do it. I'm not the only pastor who's ever done that. So everybody relax. Don't anybody get nervous. I'm, I'm very comfortable doing this because giving is part of your walk with God. Do you know Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven or hell? Because he knew, he knew that's a major part of our lives. Okay? All right? You get your iPad, you want to, your phone, you want to go to www.highpraises.org. Go right there right now and you can give. What I'm saying is, for years, we grew up where ushers came by and passed an offering plate and we dropped in checks and cash. Those days are, are, are just about, I mean, there's still some people who do it, but that's, that's not the way we work anymore. So if we can take time for the ushers to pass, you remember we used to play an offertory? Maybe that's what we need to do, Pastor Billy, is we'll just have you play an offertory while everybody gets their phones out and gives. I think that's a brilliant idea. That's just a brilliant idea. But, but my point is, we made time for checks and cash I'm, I'm very comfortable right now to give you time to just pull your phone out and so that you can give. Because it, you may have felt like we kind of been rushing through it and whatever, and then, well, I'll do it when I get home, then you forget. But it gives you a chance in God's house to give the tithes and offer. okay? All right. Y'all appreciate this kind of preaching and teaching? We need it, right? Right, we need this, okay? We do, we need this. You're not going to know if I don't teach you. Say, Pastor Chris, do you tithe? You better believe it. My mom and dad taught me how to tithe on my salary. You know, I'd do those little chores. And then mom taught me how to, how to save. My mom taught me how to save and how to tithe. Out of, out, out of my little, uh, you know, little, what, what do you call it? Not salary. But out of your, what do you call it? What is it? Yeah, your allowance. Sorry, I said salary. Your allowance. Yeah, I was W-4'd by my mother when I was six. Um, but, but my allowance. And I was learning, you know, how to you know, do chores. And then I learned how to put all that together. And then when I was working a job when I was 14, 15, 16, I was working, I, I always gave my tithe. And then when I was in college, I was working jobs, and I was trying to use that money, but I always gave my tithe. To me, it was just a no-brainer. You, just, you, like, you never argued with it. I was scared to keep it. I was scared. Like, I want it out of my bank account. That's always the way Lee and I have been. Get it out. That's not ours. Get it to God. And I'm telling you, God has brought us through the lean times, the hard times. He's always been faithful. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.